Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I'm joined in studio by Ellison Weist. Hello, Ellison. Hello. It's a wonderful day. <laughs> it is. It is. It's <laughs> always a wonderful day when I get to talk books with you. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Yes. And we talked books a little bit the last time we saw each other on Christmas Day. Yes. Yeah, that was you came wonderful. And joined our family for dinner because your beloved husband, Carl, was uh, on the East Coast with family, taking yeah. care of some um, ailing family who I hope yes, are better now. Uh, well, one out of two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So okay. We're yeah. good to go. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah no, yeah. that was wonderful. I really appreciated it and had such a good time. Oh, good. We had such a good time. It, it made the, you know, we don't have family out here and it made it just feel like a much, much more special occasion. So thank you for joining us. Yeah. Yeah, and I was so impressed that you knew the memoir that Phoebe is reading. You asked yes. my older daughter what uh, right. book she is reading. Yeah, Say Your Name by uh, Chanel, Chanel Miller. Miller. Mm-hmm. And I was going to mention that because if I had 10 bucks for everybody, including uh, your oldest, who has recommended that I read that, I'd be able to oh. take us on a spa day. I mean, literally, I was oh, I was you walking. started collecting, Allison. <laughs> yeah, I should have. <laughs> Next time. I, I was walking Babylon the other day and saw a neighbor across the street, a two-lane across Alberta, so a busy ride, and she's shouting at me, have you read oh. Say My Name? <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, so our first book recommendation. That's exactly sort right. Sort of courtesy of Phoebe in a way yes um so new year's resolution intentions anything i i am very careful about new year's resolutions because i find that they don't work but um one of the things that i want to keep doing is um and writing to my grandchildren um my mother started writing me weekly letters when i went to college and she wrote me a weekly letter right up until about three weeks before she passed. Oh. And now I write a weekly letter to my father and my mother-in-law. But my grandchildren seem to like it if I write in the voice of Babylon. <laughs> Your dog. So that's the way I'm able to. <laughs> I see a book. I see a book coming. To... <laughs> that's right. right. They get very excited, particularly the four and a half year old. His mother says his eyes get very big. <laughs> so I think probably to do that, uh, you know, Carol's generation, my daughter's generation is really not into Oh, she wouldn't, it wouldn't mean write. anything to her to, I mean, it would mean something, but it wouldn't be that so. special to She her. always says, the only time she really wants a letter is when things aren't going well for her and she needs some rah-rah. Oh, yeah. huh. Because Phoebe, my older daughter, and I were at Powell's, actually, um, when she got that Chanel Miller book, and I... I just love that Powell's, as some people might know, is the city of books here in Portland. And that that I love their stationery and note card section. Right. And so there's these really cute little ones. And I was like, oh, they're kind of small. And when I send a note to my mom, I like it to be bigger so that I don't have to write really tiny. And I like it to be very bright easy to see design on it. So this one, they were smaller and it was a, kind of finely detailed. It was kind of these w- little woodland scenes. And Phoebe goes, oh, I love it. You can get those and write to me when I'm when I'm off at college. Oh. And I'm like, okay, oh, that's wow. a, done. Good. So, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I, um, because I have written, the only time that I've written to my kids are when they've gone off to camp. And um, yeah, so. I did write to Carol when she was in college because, you know, she was back in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was uh, I rarely got anything back except, you know, cards on mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. Mother's Day, birthday. Uh-huh. That sort of right, thing. right. Yeah. Well, so that's intriguing. So that's your intention then to, you said to write to your grandkids on a weekly basis? No, or? I don't think I'm going to go weekly with them. I think I'm probably going to try to do at least once a month, maybe two. Okay. Okay. Because my intention for January, I do not have any resolutions, is to, and I decided this while I was standing outside of Molly's house waiting for her to poop before we went on a run. Um, <laughs> Thank is, you, Molly. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, that I'm going to write a letter or a postcard to a friend or family member every day in January. Oh my goodness. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Including, and then the um, caveat is including my mother twice a week. Great. So yes. Great. I know so, she will appreciate that. Oh, thanks. Yeah. So I, I am an avid letter. I think, I think in this day and age, I can clarify that I qualify as a avid letter yes. writer and I'm not looking to get letters back. Right. Although on occasion I do, right. including a friend from college who wrote me back. She's like, I guess this means we're pen pals now. And I'm like, oh, Meg, I love you. <laughs> yeah, people really appreciate letters. Oh, I love getting it. So do I. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So do I. Yeah. So, um, and I do on occasion write to, I've written, I think I've written you a card. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Right. So. yes, you have. Which, you know, right now I'm sitting in a, in just the miasma of pre- Presbyterian guilt because I realize I did not write you a thank you, <laughs> thank you note for oh. Christmas dinner. Oh, my oh, goodness. Let's no. Hurry up. No. We got <laughs> I can still make the post today. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I have, and also the, um, so part of it is because when my mother moved from my childhood home, her long 50 plus year home into the um, facility where she lives now, the apartment that she lives is um, I got, I laid claim to her desk oh. and our slant top desk. And so I, that's in the corner of our living room and it has a, portrait of her a photo that I believe is maybe her one of her college yearbook photos or something and then there's a couple other family images right there and I had not yet used it even though I'd had it close to a year and so on New Year's Day I kind of moved into the desk and took all my stationary and note cards and all that stuff and and organized it and put it in you know little things like an or one drawer is for um art cards another one is for flower related cards you sense a theme and uh and so then i sit very deliberately and intentionally sit down at the desk and um yeah and write the little correspondence for the day oh i love that (laughs) Yeah, so, um, and you know, I the scene I often envision is from Rebecca, the Daphne du Maurier yes uh, novel, and in the um, who is that Olivia de Havilland who's in that? yes it is yes. yeah, and um, so when she goes and writes her correspondence in the morning room yes yeah, so, and that's from the movie so, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I have read the book I think at least yeah, once if not wonderful. twice it is oh, I God, love Daphne du Maurier yeah I liked her, some of her short stories uh, I still have not found one of her novels i'm trying to remember the two other novels that i read of hers but anyway rebecca is just oh it's fantastic and she's got a group of uh short stories called don't look now oh yes Uh Uh uh-huh that was put out by uh what the new york review of books and it's wonderful and one that was turned into a movie with donald sutherland that that Mm -hmm. particular story was that that movie is creepy yeah (laughs) i'd like to also say it's really a good harbinger for this podcast 
podcast because I am just fine. I'm remembering first names, last yeah. names. I'm <laughs> That's right. Let's let's hope it keeps up. Yes, yes. <laughs> Don't get sidetracked by my thank you. Right. <laughs> Be here now. Be here now. That's so, right. Um, okay. So before you and I talk about the books we read, we're going to bring on Alex Ward, our podcast producer, into the conversation. But before that, we're going to take a quick break. You'll want to stay with us. Alex, we finally get you on a mic, so welcome to the show. Yeah, I don't even have my own mic. I'm just yeah. like Paul and George here sharing this mic. <laughs> Paul and George? Oh, yeah, they did used to share mic with the Beatles because uh, John had his own mic, right? Yeah, I guess that makes, guys... me, that makes me Ringo, yeah. I guess. No? I don't, like I don't have visuals of the Beatles. Talking like 66, yeah. oh, 65, yeah. touring live. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. No. I like the yeah. Beatles. Yeah. yeah, okay. All right. So the reason, one of the reasons I'm having you talk is because when we were recording a recent episode, you said you just had purchased a Kindle. And then, so I want to hear your thoughts about a Kindle, and Allison has some specific thoughts about her experience with a Kindle, and then you also told me that you have a book recommendation. So we're sharing a mic, so you take it away now, Alex. Uh, okay, so you were just wanting to know why I, why I got a Kindle? Yes. Um, well, I was hoping to get one for Christmas and didn't, <clears throat> so I had to buy myself one, but, you know, that's how it goes. Uh, no, I've had two two friends who read a ton uh, got one and they, they just absolutely were raving about it. Um, and not, you know, it's, they're, they're both around my age. I'm 31. Um, one of them is a history teacher. So he's just constantly reading like a lot of history books. And my other friend really likes fantasy series and both of them super highly recommended it to me. And I, I'm going to be doing a lot of traveling for work this year. Mm-hmm. So honestly, like the logistics of being able to just have a small, slim thing that can like fit into a into a carry-on luggage um is is really appealing to me that i can have a lot of different books rather than carrying the weight around so a lot of it has to do with that of just practicality practicality i'm going to be moving around a lot i'm going to be you know in and out of bags you know i think all year just looking at my calendar so a lot of it had to do with that um and then my other friend the one who's really into fantasy series he really likes it for how immersive he gets in the book Hmm. um and he's like I just was talking to him yesterday and he really recommended he's like um, match the light of like whatever you're reading with whatever's going on around you like he says reading in really dark low light places you don't have to turn a light on mm-hmm. um, you know when you're reading or have a ba- and especially if you have a partner or a girlfriend like I do like you don't sometimes you just don't have a light on mm-hmm. while they're mm-hmm. trying to sleep um, that's very thoughtful of you thank you so <laughs> uh, but for him it was all about the immersive aspect of having a Kindle of being able to like really be dark and really be enveloped in something and sort of like, I don't know that he, that really. I can particularly see that for fantasy. That would be. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, and so what was, what was your experience? I have resisted, resisted, resisted and uh, bought one when they were one of those big Amazon day sales or Mm -hmm. something Mm -hmm. and lasted 24 hours. I just, I, it was the physicality of it. Mm -hmm. I, I just could not do it. Yeah. Um, I had almost a like visceral reaction to it. Yeah. Um, and I have friends as well that just go on and on. And they say, particularly if you read a lot of books. Mm-hmm. But my reaction was just almost sort of a gut job. Yeah. And so, I, you know, I fooled around with it for about a half a day and then essentially packed it up and sent it back. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. All right. 
Okay, so that's your take on the Kindle, Alex. Now, your book recommendation. Well, I should say, too, I don't have, like, I'll probably, the Kindle will be at my doorstep when I get home from this recording. Oh. So it's like, (laughs) I haven't actually used it. So I was like, I need to come back on the next uh, reading podcast and give you a report. That's exactly right. Because I'm not the most voracious reader, uh, but I'm a somewhat steady. I'm just a slow, I pick through things. I take my time with it. Um, So anyway, I'll, I'll let you know how it goes. The other thing I like, apparently, is you can press and like hold a word and it gives you the definition right. oh, as you're going. Oh, that's right. like the New York Times. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. That, that'll be good for me. So you know, I don't know. I don't have to be at another screen to look up a word while I'm reading. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it goes. But, um, but yeah, I'm excited for it. Anyway, real quick, my only book recommendation, my favorite book I read this year. Um, I don't know how much of a crossover it is with the mother running audience, uh, but it's called Boomtown by Sam Anderson. Um, and it's basically a history of Oklahoma City, but kind of told through the lens of their basketball team, the Oklahoma City Thunder. I'm a massive basketball nerd. I love everything about basketball. Mm-hmm. And this book is is masquerading as a sports book, but it's not. It's it's a history book about Oklahoma City and sort of the American obsession with a boom, with with suddenly becoming big and growing and mm. tons of money. Like it's the whole city is basically that feeling, that idea. And I, I had no idea about Oklahoma City or it, really anything about Oklahoma, mm. aside from some um, like Native American history books I've read that deal with with that area. And how current does it go to? Does it go into the bombing? Uh, I I I have like I have about an eighth of it left, so okay. it might. Okay. My suspicion is that it will. Um, but it's funny that how many different things have have fallen under the like title of boomtown yeah it's oh. a lot well and i have to say that oklahoma city is one place that i've really been wanting to go to to for their oklahoma city memorial marathon so i like checking off boxes of new cit- cities and states for amr to go to and oklahoma and okc in particular is high on my list yeah yeah i mean i've there I've, I've just learned so many things about that town that are are fascinating to me and then i mean there's like the sports side of it which i like too but really even that is uh can be traced to so many parts of its DNA as the history of this city and of, of basically what is in the middle of America, this just patch of land that was one of the last to be settled in the whole country. I mean, that's just a, a teaser for the book is I had no idea Oklahoma City was founded in a single day and they did this thing called the land rush. Right. Mm-hmm. So there was all the unassigned land and like they literally blew a bugle horn at noon and people just rushed ran, and ran. claimed they ran. they ran and they claimed land and Oklahoma City was was done. like yeah. done. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it's just it's just a fascinating book. The history of the, the Sonic Boom program in the 70s that they volunteered to host. I mean, it's just um, hmm. it's 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 really awesome. It's great. Anyway. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you. Uh-huh. Not sure why after you told me before we got on that I don't need to worry about turning my back to you and all this stuff. But yet while you're talking, I felt like I needed to like look at you and be like, oh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I could just been like, coffee breath. Yeah. So that was terrible. <laughs> it's funny. I noticed it. And, uh, I, assume, I, I adore coffee breath. I, ad- <laughs> I can't stand coffee, but I adore oh, coffee gosh. breath. Wow. That's so that's weird. weird. <laughs> that is weird. That is weird. I, uh, it's not going to happen, but I love Kissing a man after he's drank coffee. So, really? uh, okay, yeah. thank God I'm here to chaperone. <laughs> yes, yes, my husband. But, but I mean, before that, you know, I, I'm not saying it's just that it was Jack that I like. Like, 
and when I was available, any man, you know, so yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Is that too much? Is that too much? Is that I'm just over, thinking Sharon? maybe you can put it on one of your t-shirts. I adore coffee, Brad. Lurking at Starbucks when you're <laughs> That's what I should have done. <laughs> All right. All right, E. Back to you and me. That's um, right. I turn my back on Alex and his coffee breath. So, um, so let's talk about the first two books are ones that we both read. Right. And we got to lead with the Dutch house. The Dutch house. Oh, gosh. So oh, amazing. I, I, Ann Patchett. Yeah. And I think it actually probably was, if not my favorite book, definitely one of my favorite. In fact, I, I think it was. Um, she's done it again. And, you know, her last book, Commonwealth, I enjoyed, but I really thought she hit it out of the park with oh, the my Dutch gosh. house. I completely agree. Commonwealth was well done. Yes. But, um, it actually seemed to me a little bit like a TV program on HBO or something. It reminded me in the Commonwealth just a little bit of The Sopranos or Mad Men. <laughs> it just had that kind of vintage quality, and I didn't. It didn't really grab me the way the Dutch House just. I mean, I just poured into that book. I read it in a weekend, even though how many pages is it? Uh, let's see. And and. Start talking about the cover. Yeah, oh my gosh. So it is it also the most lovely book. Its cover features a um, one of the characters in the book, a young woman, and she's wearing a red coat, and it's in front of, she's sitting in the Dutch house in front of a wallpaper with birds and flowers on it with a kind of Chinese porcelain next to her. And they had, we were talking about this before we came on there, they had that painting done for the cover of the right. book. Right, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I wish there was a way to get it in a poster yeah. because I would pay good money for that. Yep. Yeah, but it's 335 pages. So, yeah, reading it, I think and, I read it in about three days, which just... Just hour upon hour upon yeah. hour. And it was, yes, and those are my cats, and they are playing. Uh-huh, Leo and Pablo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, no animals were harmed during the recording of that's this right. podcast. That's right, that's <laughs> right. This episode is wild. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we go again. Switching <laughs> Oh my goodness. Doing the little bunny kicks on each other. Yes. Um, So, okay. So you do a little plot synopsis of it. It's essentially uh, about a brother and sister. It really focuses around the brother and sister who uh, have grown up with their father in this gorgeous house, this Mm -hmm. just tremendous house with on a tremendous piece of property. And that's the Dutch house. Out on the Pennsylvania main line. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. And their father, they are led to believe that their mother has has died. Mm-hmm. And their father remarries a woman who essentially has her eyes first and foremost on the Dutch house. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not going to give too much away except to say that things do not go well down the line. The father dies mm-hmm. and... Essentially, the brother and the sister are get, get shown the door, yes. literally get shown the door, literally. <laughs> and so it it kind of follows them as as they go through life, uh, the choices that they make, the closeness that mm-hmm. they have, and ever 
always in the background is the Dutch house. Right. Or parked across, they are parked across the street in right. a beaten up car, <laughs> looking at it, talking yeah. about it. And the Dutch house itself becomes such a character. It is. And I mean, I think we should all have a contest that we all draw our own version <laughs> of the Dutch house. And, yeah. um, or find it in a magazine or yeah, something. Yeah. Okay. You there know, you go. I like, oh, well, how about it. we could do a collage? Yes. Like, you know, so this is, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because I have, you know, everybody has their version. You know, that would actually sort of, be super fun. Yeah. Get a couple like you know shelter magazines yeah. and cut out some pictures yeah, architectural and... or traditional home i think yes. would be a good uh, one yeah. Yeah. maybe southern living yeah. we could borrow yeah. a couple things from there yeah, yeah. um yeah. so it also it reminded me a little bit in that sense um of the forsyth saga the house that Soames moves into right at the end because it is um not so much mid-century modern but it has kind of very some classic elements but also some modern elements to right it. Yeah. Right. So yeah. um, no, it's a beautiful story. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really does focus on those three characters. Yes. And we should remind people, um, Ann Patchett also is the genius writer behind Bel Canto. Yes. Oh, yeah. She's she's just marvelous. Yes. Yeah. 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 So. All right. So the next book that we both read, um, I think we're a little divided on. I think we probably are. Yeah. So it's Nothing to See Here by Kevin Wilson. Yes. It's been getting a lot of play. I was I mean, the New York Times uh, did almost literal backflips on the page, right. the reviewer. Right. And so I was, oh, I just have to read it. And um, so it is a story. And, and I, I guess so the spoilers is that I did not love it all that much. I okay. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. But but I was not doing backflips over it. Well, I thought it was very quirky. And sometimes mm-hmm. quirky mm, that's a good word for it. can be manhandled or kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. And I didn't find this this way. I thought it was sort of a dash of Karen Russell. You know, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. wrote uh, Vampires in the Lemon Grove. And, uh, of course, her book of short stories, I love this title, is St. Lucy's Home for Girls Raised by Wolves. <laughs> but I thought it was sort of a dash of her with Maria Semple. Oh, um, yep. Because I don't like full-on weird for weird sake. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Quirky is an excellent adjective yeah. for it. So it is focused on Lillian is the protagonist in it, and she was friends for a year with Madison at a prestigious boarding school for girls in Tennessee, in the mountains of Tennessee. And so this, but that was a number of years, I don't know, um, 10 years ago, right. on, 10, 15 years ago. And they've remained friends through writing, should say. They yes. have a pistolary relationship. They do. And so that then Madison kind of out of the blue asked Lillian, who ha- is really kind of going nowhere in life, to come take care of Madison's stepchildren who are boy and girl twins who have a unique characteristic in which they um, catch fire spontaneously combust when they get agitated or overly excited um so yeah i get my my um piece with it was that i just felt the writing wasn't as the actual use of words were not as mm-hmm. beautiful and lyrical as i typically like okay. like i definitely like that's one of the many things I liked about the Dutch house is that sometimes it's, oh, it's like, oh, what a beautiful passage that is. And so the descriptors are so evocative, you know, the way I could really see that house. And there was um, a house played a big part in Nothing to See Here as well. And it just wasn't, I guess the picture didn't feel as fully painted as um, uh, figuratively speaking as it is in some other novels. 
Okay. Yeah. yeah, I would say that probably that didn't bother me as much, mainly because I focused so much on the characters. Mm-hmm. There were really no redeeming characters mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. book. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a hard feat to pull off. Yep. To keep, you know, I think I've talked about this before, where sometimes, you, you know, you have no redeeming characters and you're just like, it's like somebody took all the air out of you. Mm-hmm. And other times they're either so hilarious or so uh, well-conceived that, it just adds to it. And that's what it did for me. So, um, yeah. 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 So I we've mean, had a split on that. Yeah. it was, So I I, I, th- I think part of it was I had gone in with such high expectations. Right. And so, I mean, he's a very gifted writer for sure. Yes. But, and um, a clever, very clever, but it just um, didn't, didn't quite carry it for me. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So I know you had raved about the one book, The Such a Fun Age. Yeah, now, Such a Fun Age is the first book that I read this year, and Mm. um, it's a debut by Kylie Reed, Mm -hmm. and I I thought the first 100, 150 pages were fantastic. Then it began to lose a little steam for me, but essentially, uh, it's got a great storyline. The characters are very well captured. It's the story of a young um, African-American woman, Amira who is in Philadelphia. Again, we got Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she part-time babysits for a, a upper middle class white couple. And early on in the book, uh, through certain circumstances, Amira and their oldest daughter are at a very ritzy uh, grocery store late mm-hmm. at night. Mm-hmm. And uh, she is accused by the security guard who's been tipped off by an older white woman that uh, they think that she's kidnapped this child because <laughs> she's out late, you know. Because that's yeah. what you do when you kidnap a child is you right. take them to Whole Foods, take for sure. The, yeah. Exactly, and look <laughs> in the peanut section. But um, so that sort of sets the tone for what's going on because um, you have her reaction and how it... Uh, kind of involves her and going through the story but then you also have the reaction of the couple in particular the woman Mm -hmm. uh the mother and uh the storyline i I think like i say the storyline is really good i think this would be a fantastic um book club read and i uh think it will hit a number of them Mm -hmm. uh i think it'll also appeal to people who enjoyed the farm by joanne ramos yeah which i which was on our last show and i really enjoyed that right and then uh i think it's a book that i've spoken of the queen of hearts Mm. by kimmery martin and that is kimmery k-i-m-m-e-r-y um so that i i i would have to say like the last probably the last fourth of it i thought and i'm I'm sort of picky about my endings, so mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that's probably more on me than on, on I'd the like author. to say that I think a great ending can sometimes save a mediocre book. Yes, I yeah. agree. And I also love nothing more than a kicker ending. Yeah. Oh, boy. Love yeah. that. Uh-huh. Yeah, and she's got some kickers. The book is divided into, I believe, it's either yeah four parts, and she's got some good kickers. Like, the mm. kicker to the end of the first part is is fascinating. So oh, I good. Say that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Got some yeah. kickers. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, so that's what I kicked off the year with. Um, mm-hmm. You were talking about great writing and Ann Patchett, and I have to mention a book of short stories called Exhalation mm. by Ted Chang. 
mm-hmm. and that's C-H-I-A-N-G. And uh, Adrian, this one's for you because it's... <laughs> <You're> like Casey <laughs> Kasem. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, it's sci-fi. Oh, and uh-huh. uh, as you know, despite yeah, Adrian's know. best, you know, sci-fi is a, a hard nut to crack for me. So, uh, but I kept reading and kept reading uh, people raving about it. Um, it's short stories and one nut. Which is definitely a novella. I think it's like over a hundred pages. Oh. But uh, the writing is amazing. The storylines are great, but the writing is so intelligent and so I, you know, I I can't think of enough adjectives to to really, you know, uh, explain it. But it's just beautifully done. And every story, I kept thinking, okay, this next story, I'm not going to enjoy. You know, th- <laughs> This one's going to be too out there. Uh-huh. Oh, no. Just, just. Each one, one after another. Yes. I would have to say that I enjoyed each one of them. You know, some obviously more than others, but um, just fantastic. So wow. I really, really would, you know, um, I'm, I'm interested to read more. I think this is his mm-hmm. second collection. So, and I think the first one was like 10 years ago. So I'm going to go back and look for it. Oh, he's a Donna Tart takes a decade. Yes, he is. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and then um, I don't know if you've read Olive again. By Elizabeth Strout? Yes, uh, yes. Uh-huh. Okay, I don't know if you, but I liked it. I know that a lot of people were disappointed by it, and then I've been amused because I've read so many people that, you know, didn't like Olive herself, which I'm like, I don't think we're supposed to like <laughs> Olive Kittredge. <laughs> I, I did not like Olive Kittredge, the book. Okay. Yeah, yeah I read okay. for book group. I did not enjoy it. Okay, yeah. uh-huh. I did. I yeah. just did. And I mean, I thought the HBO series was, was done well, but I just, I just love that character. And I thought Olive, again, was very well handled as far as we, you know, moving forward in her life. And I was really sad to come mm. to the end. All right. So, and remind people that is, say that it's by Elizabeth, Elizabeth Strout. Strout. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. All right. And you have any other books? I do. Nonfiction. Um, there's one in particular I want to uh, talk about, and that's uh, No Visible Bruises. Oh. What We Don't Know About Domestic Violence Can Kill Us. Mm. It's by Rachel Louise Snyder. Mm-hmm. Really hit a number of uh, top 10, top five lists, including the New York Times. But This is a book that I think regardless of where you are in life, regardless of whether you have ever known anyone who's experienced it or you yourself has, you have to read. Because Mm. I kind of thought that uh, given some people that I've known in my life that I knew everything there was to know about domestic violence. Not everything, but I had a good grip Mm -hmm. on it. And early on in the book, Snyder showed me that I did not. this is not a, you know, blow by blow on, you know, it's it's not where she keeps bringing up different stories. She, she essentially mainly follows one particular woman uh, and there are others. But the one thing that I found fascinating is that so many things that we've thought help domestic violence victims doesn't. Uh, so many things that we've thought would prevent Mm. further domestic violence didn't or Mm. don't work. And so it was just fascinating and horrifying for me. Mm. Uh, But I really urge everybody to read this book. Well, that sounds like another book that would be a great book group read. I think it really would. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, I think, I mean, I think, and here I'm going to misquote, I know, but I believe she says early on that if you take all the people that were killed in um, the Iraq conflict, Mm -hmm. uh, it, 
it barely makes how many women are killed like over one year period or something oh, in domestic. It's just horrifying. Right. It's horrifying. Right. And we definitely need to get a conversation going more vigorously in this country. So I think yes. by having more people read it, more people read it and then talk with their friends and neighbors and family members. I think so. I, I really do. And I mean, I, you know, let's switch it up here. If this many men were being killed by women. Yep. Yep. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, let's not overstate the obvious. That's, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah. Um, also read uh, Catch and Kill, which I think oh. you're thinking about reading uh, yeah. by Ronan Farrow. Uh, I listened to the podcast. Oh, you did? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. okay. Oh, is the podcast over, do we think? Gosh, I don't. I, a new episode hasn't come out. I don't know. I listened to like the first two, but it was kind of redundant mm, for, for me. Sure, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, of course, you know, it's it's timely. We're talking about that with Harvey Weinstein's uh, trial, trial underway. But yeah. I here's another one that I, I have to use the word horrify because it's not only just what he did, but the people and the entities that essentially abated him mm-hmm. and covered up for him. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's the one thing that I'll say this book really nails um mm-hmm. pharaoh sometimes gets gets in the way of the book a little bit and oh, he even says you know i think he has a tendency to insert himself but it, of course in this case he turned out to be part of the issue he certainly did yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so um but you know wasn't like just I wasn't as fascinated by it as I was by No Visible Bruises, and that may have been just some of the writing style for me. But still, mm-hmm. I think that, you know, I, th- I think it's a good book. Mm-hmm. And did you follow, you had followed a lot of it. I mean, so did you feel like a lot of it was rehashing of stuff you already knew? No, no. I, if anything, I think it brought up some things that I really didn't, as far as when we talk about the NBC mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. portion of it and, and what he went through in that regard. And, mm-hmm. um and you know, I knew some of it from the Times, reading the the, the mm-hmm. Times. But no, I think mm-hmm. you know. Okay, all right. Any other nonfictions? None that I'd really you know care to talk about. Maybe. <laughs> how's how's that for? Okay. <laughs> um, so and how about books that you're looking forward Ooh, to reading? You know, the number one. That oh, I'm looking is forward. it the same one that I'm looking yes, forward to? Yes. yes so that you yes. told me about on Christmas. It was like a Christmas <laughs> right. gift for you to tell me about it. Uh, yeah. So nope. go ahead. Say it. It's uh, everybody rejoice. Emily St. John Mandel has a new novel coming out March 24th and it's called the glass hotel. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's on, I think every list that I've seen of books we're looking forward to in 2020. Right, it's right. on it. Right. Um, right. It is not dystopia. Uh, it's essentially... Remind people what her debut novel oh, was. Oh, uh, it wasn't debut. Uh, okay, it yeah. Her last novel that we all love so much was Station Eleven. Yes. And, uh, you know, my husband said, is this new one Station Twelve? Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> but um, Station Eleven, another dystopian novel that I could not get out of my head. And again, I am not big on dystopia. I know. I know. I Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. well, see, I love dystopian oh, you stuff. Do. That's I right. love no, dystopian that's novels. Right. And, um, I mean, I think about that novel when I go I to airports yep. and you know yep. and just yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah. yeah well oh, you right. if you've read you've read station 11 haven't you Alec? No. Ooh. Oh. oh oh my oh. goodness oh, yeah. you have to read it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Well, last mm-hmm. one I read like that was blindness which I 
Oh, well, you've oh. got to read this. All right. Um, so it's, this one is, uh, The Glass Hotels um, sounds fantastic because it's about greed and guilt, and it's centered around great wealth and a Ponzi scheme. Mm-hmm. And there's a love story angle as well. So mm-hmm. um, that comes out again March 24th. I am just like chomping at the bit. Yes, I already put myself on the hold list. At, I'm sure you're ahead of me on yep. the hold list at Multnomah County Library. <laughs> <Probably. Yeah. laughs> yep. Thankfully, there yeah. were not a ton of people already on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then we've been talking about Ann Patchett, and uh, she is really uh, talking about a book that comes out in two weeks, so we don't oh. have to wait too long. It's called American Dirt oh. by Janine Cummins. And this one's uh, about a family, a Mexican family uh, living in Acapulco. Uh, The wife, Lydia, runs a bookstore. The husband is a journalist, and they have an adorable 10-year-old son. Um, One day, uh, this charming man comes into Lydia's store, and he ends up buying uh, two sort of uh, very unknown books that happen to be Lydia's favorites, and they begin a conversation. She finds him charming. Mm. What she doesn't know is he's the jefe of a very large, uh, dangerous drug cartel. Oh. Now, uh, then her husband is working on a tell-all which uh, about the same jefe, which, after it's published, uh, puts the family in great danger. Oh. And uh, so I'll, I'll leave it at that, but um, it's getting, uh, it is another book that's on everybody's. I'd like to also say that jefe is the second new word of tw- that I've learned in 2020. Oh, I did jefe. not know. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whenever I say it, I always want to drop my voice down. <laughs> well, I'm impressed. I would not have expected to learn that word from you, Ellison. Um, and I will say the other word that I learned is kickback. Yes. Um, for a small casual gathering that is not a party. Oh, no, I didn't know that yes, one. I'd yes. always used it like I'm giving you a kickback here. Right, right. Yeah. that happens in politics or something. Yeah. Yes, no, yeah. kickback is, uh, so my kids, uh, two of the three kids went to gatherings on New Year's Eve, and uh, I learned from my older daughter's boyfriend that uh, when I said, oh, and it's not a party, right? And I said, well, what should I call it? And he immediately goes, a kickback. <laughs> Okay, good. Uh, good. So, the, so then I like repeated it to myself and I was all intrigued. And so I told Molly about it while I was trying. She goes, Oh, please, that term's going out the door like that. Oh. She's known it for years. Because yeah. I said, Do you know what the word kickback means? She goes, Yeah, a casual gathering. I was like, Oh, 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 oh why okay. didn't you tell me? So, I guess uh, not having teenage yeah, kids so, in the house. Hefe so and kickback. Hey. So, um, yes. so uh, the hefe <laughs> turned up at the kickback. Right. And it suddenly became a sentence. gala. Yeah. <laughs> A bacchanalia, maybe. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So one book that I uh, need to read that has been by my bedside for ever since it came out is The Testaments. Oh, yes. The sequel to to Handmaid's Tale. So you haven't read it yet either? No. In fact, I reread The Handmaid's Tale because the last time I read it was about a year after it came out, you know, in the late 80s. (laughs) Um, So I uh, read that again, and The Testaments is, is in my bookcase also. Yeah, so I have it. So, so again, by Margaret Atwood, uh, a sequel to Handmaid's Tale. And I, the reason I haven't read it is because I loved Handmaid's Tale so much 
that as long as I don't start the Testaments, it will always be out there to read. <laughs> it's the same thing with the final two episodes of Fleabag. Oh. I haven't watched them yet because I don't want it to be over. Yeah. And as long as I don't watch it, it's not it's over. It's not over. That's so, good. So for Fleabag, I just keep re-watching the first four episodes of season two. Okay. I've probably watched those four times each. Oh, my goodness. And, oh, my goodness. <laughs> so so I did. I finally thought, oh, I think there's probably a spoiler somewhere and I've so far dodged it but right. I doubt I will be able to keep right. so I've just I think I might want rewatch season two all over again and then go through to the end okay yeah so all but right. same Good thing with testament so Brave. and I did the same thing with Buffy the Vampire Slayer way <laughs> oh, back when great. that I kept the finale on uh the series finale on DVR forever <laughs> yeah. for like two and a half months oh my goodness because as long as I didn't watch it Buffy and her, you know, her Scooby gang was still in existence. Gosh, gosh. Uh, well, let me know when you watch the last two. I'll know not to contact you for several days when you're in mourning. Well, I've got another one that yeah. really surprised me. I just found out about it yesterday. This is for Curtis Settenfield fans. Oh, yes, I just learned about Did that you too. Hear about it? Yes, Rodham. Yeah, Rodham. Yes. And essentially, it's about what would ha- what would have happened if Hillary Rodham had turned bill clinton down yes but that this this exasperating thing is there's no release date for it so i, I am thinking it's probably going to be fall of 2020 and i have to tell you well first of all i feel really in the know that i learned about it on the same day that you did like i am just sitting up a little taller in my chair i, I noticed that and so um, and so that i googled around a bit because so i was I. so interested in finding out a release date and but did you come across news stories that talked about her, that she was writing it in October of 2017? Oh, so I'm okay. like, oh, this is a long time coming, which on the one hand, you think, cool, it'll be out soon. No, to me, that says that, you know, because she's come out with a, I think, another book. In yeah, between. short stories. Yeah. Uh, the title of which escapes me, but that was her last book of short stories. Yeah. yeah I wonder if there's a lot of vetting, if there's been a lot of, mm. I mean, I don't know, you know, she's, she did a similar one on, um, yeah, Laura uh, Bush. Laura Bush. Yeah. Um, so the first I wife, don't right? know. Was it, was, uh, no, oh, was it? Well, maybe it was the first wife. Yeah, I think yeah. we can look it up. Or yeah. Alex, Alex, could you please look that up, please? Yeah. Yeah, just look up. Uh, uh, so, look and I really. Curtis Settenfield, and it's, in fact, I can probably look it up real quick. No, I can do it. Okay. Curtis Settenfield, what? Uh, and it's a, a book, book about Laura Bush. Yeah, a book about Laura Bush. Okay. But um, so that I was, you know, uh, American wife. American, American wife. wife. I didn't think that's first it. was right. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah American right. wife. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So also, it's good she's giving the other party some yeah. equal uh, fictional time. Yeah, and I have not read American Wife, but my uh, oh, you daughter. Haven't? No, my daughter oh, read it. Just, she I loved know, it. My head's gonna hit the ceiling. <laughs> I'm sitting up so tall. <laughs> um, but my daughter read it did oh you i enjoy really it enjoyed it oh yeah. i really enjoyed it yeah. oh i've enjoyed all the curtis sittenfeld novels i've read yeah um i mean i liked prep i liked um i really liked her um modern day telling of, oh that was my favorite yeah that was my and, oh my goodness and we talked about that on um because remind me the name of that oh book. Oh my gosh! My gosh! The oh my it was God. the Sense and Sense. No, no, no. The Pride, no, Pride and, Pride and Prejudice, Prejudice book that um, took spoof. place in Cincinnati, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, oh my gosh, that's terrible. Modern something. Modern it? romance. No, I, no, no. Okay. All right, here we go again. 
Yeah, I'm going to pull it up right here. And it was eligible. Eligible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah, was so that was that, that was, was really fantastic. good. Yes, I thought that was probably her, my favorite of hers that I've read. Yeah, I liked it even more than prep. Yeah. Um, and in nonfiction, I don't know uh, if I spoke about a book. I may have just talked about it before on the podcast, but it's um, uh, a, there was a book called Lost Girls by Robert Kolker, K O L K E R, and it was uh. Again, nonfiction to do with a um, number of women, young women, mostly either prostitutes or runaway, who disappeared out uh, in the Long Island area. Oh. And uh, the book was fascinating because it essentially, you know, talked about these disappearances, but also the fact that uh, the families began to feel that because these women were kind of considered throwaway women, that... Mm -hmm. Uh, the police, A, were not doing anything, and B, were, you know, when they did get clues, and they didn't really run them to ground. So he's got a new book um, coming out April 7th called Hidden Valley Road. Oh, I thought yeah, they, oh my gosh, I thought, another one. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Inside the Mind of an American Family. I thought that sounded fascinating. It's about oh, a family wow. of 12, six of whom have schizophrenia or had right. schizophrenia because it was right. back in the 70s. Six, 70s. And, okay. yeah. 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 And so scientists were like, oh, you know, wow, jackpot. Mm -hmm. Now we can learn, you know, so much about this, you know, just horrifying illness mm -hmm. and you know the lead-in sort of leads you to believe and you know, of course here we are 50 years later you know not knowing a whole no lot closer more. to right. helping people with that. right yeah. but Kolker's a great writer and I, I oh I that's good to know I, so I looked that up on the library website and you can you put can get the ebook e oh my gosh we yeah yeah well, you know <laughs> we're following each other around on, the, on Google <laughs> that's right yeah I get so annoyed with our library what we're talking about is sometimes you'll look at a book that's coming out you know just a couple of months in advance on our library system and you'll see that you can get the ebook uh -huh. or but, the, in this case I saw you could get the audio book but, but there's no, no print no print book yeah. And you have to keep trying, which is sort of annoying. You know, I went right. in through the author thinking, okay, I'll go this way. Right, because sometimes that does happen, too. You yes. can find it a different way. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Um, so we love Multnomah County Library, but it does we have do. its flaws. We yeah. do. Yeah. 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 So, um, so, hey, one thing I want to mention is that um, I, I hope that everybody feels that this is a learning experience podcast, but also I want to say that for me it is as well, not just hearing you talk, but that you had recommended um fall and rise yes on our summer one yes. and i um then i had mentioned also another book and i was like oh i don't think i'll read it because that's so sad and it was about a family that lost um their child and that you um right right and right. so um so a listener emailed and she herself her, their family had lost a child yes. and she said that it made her feel it intensified the um aloneness the right. separated from society be hearing comments like that right so i wrote her back with a very sincere apology for for making her feel that way and that that so i ended up reading largely because of her comment reading um fall and rise which is about the um twin towers and 9-11 and you know it there is a place to sit with and be with sadness yes. and to feel other people's pain and um, I really appreciate getting that email. From so that did woman. I. I yeah. know you passed yeah. on to me and I really appreciate it. And I think it also, she underlined something that I've heard other people talk about, which is um, 
you know, sit with the sadness and also sort of recognize that just because somebody loses uh, a, a child, a loved one, doesn't mean that you're never to speak of that again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I think in this country, you know, we tend to not ever want to sort of talk about mm-hmm. death, sadness, mm-hmm. sickness, mm-hmm. and it's a part of life. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I really appreciated her writing in mm-hmm. and, um, mm-hmm. it, I think it made us both think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, so I hope some of these books, I'm thinking maybe, um, you know, maybe no visible bruises might make people think, and that's, that yes. sounds like it would be an uncomfortable book to read and um you know really kind of get into that world but an important place to be yes and fascinating very well done as well yeah 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 so just always love talking books with you. Uh, I know, I know. I can't wait for the for the summer one, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I can't yeah. wait to hear what uh, listeners are reading and recommending to. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, and also hope that people maybe will want to spend more time with you because they will have an opportunity to do that in person. That's right. In October at our Run and Refresh retreat here in Portland. And Ellison, like Molly and like Alex, are, are all the Portland gang is going to be there, as well as obviously Dimiting and um, other AMR people. And so that you are going to lead a group to peruse and shop at Powell's City of Books, which yes. I mentioned earlier. And so, you know, I envision you kind of giving a little book talk, maybe at the <laughs> lobby of the hotel where we're staying and then walking sure. over. And because of the dates, the retreat now starts on a Friday and goes until Monday. So you will be going over on a weekday. So it'll be a little crowded, but, you know, maybe sharpen your elbows a little bit. I think on a weekend. We'll weekend. Sorry. Yeah. yeah sorry. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I look forward to that. I look forward to, um, um, showing everybody you know the different sections pals if you've never been can be a bit of it's on a city block uh-huh, <laughs> so it yeah, can yeah. be a bit and of multiple <laughs> levels yes and so each room yeah. has a color That's and right. and it's not just first floor second floor third floor Oops. there seem to be like seven and a half floor and, you know, all <laughs> those things. <laughs> yeah it'll be a real experience and yeah I, I really like you know i hope i can hook people up with some good books that maybe they haven't been aware of before yeah exactly so yeah so please consider joining us for that retreat in october here in portland oregon it's october 23 to 26 we're going to be doing a half marathon over in washugal washington we're going to go to a different state to do the race um it's a costume optional race if people want to because it's right before halloween so for more details on that go to anothermotherrunner.com and click on the retreats link in our top navigation there's a drop down and there you'll find all the details and how to register our podcast today was produced in portland oregon by alex ward the owner of a new kindle from Sounds Like Pictures, many happy miles. Bye.